This episode of Felon may contain disturbing content, including descriptions of violence and coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. Christmas Day, 2008, in the New South Wales suburb of Gosford, about 76 kilometres north of the Sydney CBD, police were called to a brutal crime scene. Loretta Watts had received a panicked phone call from her daughter, urgently requesting her help. Loretta arrived at Tammy's home and made her way to the bathroom. In the shower area, Loretta discovered the lifeless body of Tammy's boyfriend, David Vaughan. It was obvious that David had received extensive puncture wounds to his chest and abdomen. Blood streamed down the drain of the shower. Upon making this discovery, Loretta dialed triple zero to request the attendance of emergency services. By this point, Tammy was not in a state to assist her. Under the direction of the emergency services operator, with the phone on loudspeaker, Loretta attempted to resuscitate David, but as soon as she began to tilt David's head back, she was confronted with yet another grisly discovery. As his head was pulled backwards, a wide gash in David's neck opened. She also found that he was cold to touch. Police and ambulance officers attended the scene following the call, and David was officially declared to be deceased. An autopsy revealed that the attack on David was excessively violent. He had received 16 stab wounds to the neck, penetrating the jugular veins on both sides and the left carotid artery, as well as six stab wounds to the chest and four to the abdomen, including two which were inflicted post-death. He also suffered a number of defensive wounds to his right forearm. The wounds were caused by a sharp cutting weapon with a thin blade. David's girlfriend, Tammy, was promptly questioned by police. The interview with Tammy and the attending officer is documented in a statement provided by the officer. I said, what happened here today, Tammy? She said, I came home. I went inside and started sorting things out. I poured a glass of wine. Then I needed to go to the toilet, but sat on the lounge. I made something to eat. I was sitting on the lounge when I saw Dave's smokes and wallet on the table. I said, was the front door open when you got home? She said, it was closed, but unlocked. I said, does David have keys to your unit? She said, yes. When did you leave your house? She said yesterday. I said, what time? She said, I don't know. I said, was it in the morning or was it dark? She said, I don't know. I said, was it before lunch or dinner? She said, after lunch, but before dinner. I said, when were you meant to see Dave? She said, tonight at 7 p.m. I said, where were you going to meet? She said, he was coming here. I said, how long had you been home when you found Dave? 
she said, about 30 or 40 minutes. I said, what else did you do today? She said, I wanted to go to the toilet and have a cold shower. And I went in and found him. I ran out and rang mum and text Rob. There was silence. And after a short period of time, she said, I need to clean the kitchen. I said, why? She said, there is heaps of washing up. I need to wash up. During interviews with Tammy's mother, police would soon discover that Tammy had not been entirely truthful with them. According to Tammy, she had been away from her apartment for an extended period of time and had come home to make the gruesome discovery of David lying bleeding on the shower floor of her bathroom. Loretta, Tammy's mother, would soon tell a different story. On the 24th of December, 2008, David Vaughan spent the day with his family and on Christmas Eve, he caught up with a friend. His father picked him up at 8.15am on Christmas Day and later that morning, David caught a train to Gosford, planning to spend the day with Tammy. David arrived at the home of Tammy's mother, Loretta Watt, between 9.30am and 10am, where he met Tammy. Loretta then drove Tammy and David to Tammy's home and she dropped them off between 10.30 and 11am. This account from Loretta was a stark contrast to Tammy's account of planning to meet David at 7pm that night. Prior to his death, David Vaughan had suffered his fair share of bad luck. He had twice been seriously injured in accidents. The first when he was 19, when he had suffered burns to some 90% of his body and had lost a part of his left arm. This happened when he was electrocuted at a substation while working in Sydney. Following this accident, he underwent 30 operations and was hospitalised for over 5 months. A second accident occurred in 2003 when David crashed his car. He spent 3 weeks in a coma, suffered brain damage, loss of balance, impaired speech, hearing and vision, as well as short-term memory loss. Again, he was hospitalised for many months. Tammy had also had her fair share of trials and at the time of David's death, she had been suffering from schizophrenia. This was something Tammy had been dealing with for a number of years. Her first admission with psychotic symptoms had occurred in February of 2002. She also had a history of childhood trauma, sexual abuse at age 12, and near drowning at the hands of an uncle at age 15. She was diagnosed with a schizophrenic illness, and in 2003, there was an involuntary admission for treatment. In 2006, a doctor's report prepared in relation to an assault charge noted ongoing treatment since age 19, with over 20 admissions to hospital in seven years. It was documented that she had a poor response to treatment and substance abuse. There were also records of accounts, auditory hallucination and delusional beliefs. Tammy had several hospital admissions after suicide attempts by overuse of medication and treatment for depression. Despite the individual struggles that David and Tammy had in their past, they had met each other in October of 2008 and had commenced a casual relationship. While they spent a significant amount of time at each other's homes, they resided separately. On most occasions, the pair were amicable with each other, but due to their history of trauma and mental health issues, they would sometimes become involved in heated arguments, with Tammy venting her frustrations to her mother and another man with whom she had been involved in a relationship. The casual nature of David and Tammy's relationship was expressed by Tammy in her discussions with police. During her interviews, she mentioned a man named Robert Bocott, who she claimed that along with David, was also her boyfriend. Police would soon discover text messages left to him that shed a disturbing insight into her mental state and her actions on the day of David's death. At first, her interactions with Robert through text message were light-hearted. Robert was attending a Christmas lunch gathering 
At 1.02pm, he received a text message from Tammy, sharing details of presents she had received from David. I got a kettle, stereo, jewellery, perfume, and other stuff. This interaction continued fairly casually, with a request to meet up on the following day. Miss you. Meet up tomorrow. Oh, you work to what time? But the next part of this message took a turn for something far more disturbing. Oi, can I eat this fella? I think it tastes good. At 1.17pm, Robert, whose attention had now been piqued by Tammy's last message, inquired. Eat who? At 1.17pm, Tammy replied. Can I eat him for Christmas lunch and dinner? At 1.19pm, with no reply from Robert, she continued. There's enough to go round if you want to join in. No joke. Della cut meat. At 1.21pm, still with no reply from Robert. So, can I eat him? And then, at 1.22pm, came a startling revelation. Dave, who else? Dear me, need help to get rid of body. Robert wrote off the bizarre interaction with Tammy as her delusional ramblings. He had been involved in a relationship with her and knew her history. And he had also experienced the behaviour brought on by her paranoid schizophrenia. But even with his experience of being the victim of an attempted knife attack at the hands of Tammy, Robert chose to ignore her messages and not contact her for the remainder of the day, even after receiving one final message. I've killed Dave. I'm about to chop him up. Come over and eat him. With no reply from Robert, Tammy soon turned to someone who she had confided in when she had trouble dealing with her episodes. Her mother, Loretta, it was in a panic call to her mother that she made an urgent request. We're fighting. Can you come and get him before I slit his throat? Upon hearing this request, Loretta quickly made her way over to Tammy's apartment. She arrived at Tammy's home and found her in the lounge room, adjusting the volume on the radio. She moved into the bathroom and with the discovery of David in the shower, yelled frantically at her daughter, Tammy, what's happened? In a medical report that was prepared, it was noted Tammy is always aggressive and intimidating, and that she should be seen exclusively by a forensic psychiatrist, since her potential for harming somebody in the future is very high. In 2007, Tammy presented with auditory hallucinations, and was reported to have said, I want to mass murder, but I know it is wrong. Tammy has a long history of mental illness. At the time of David's murder, she was being treated for paranoid schizophrenia. This included fortnightly injections of long-acting antipsychotic drugs administered by a nurse, as well as daily medication. She had received the last injection on the 24th of December at her mother's home. There was also evidence that on the 25th of December, she had consumed alcohol and had taken illegal drugs. It was not disputed as to whether Tammy had delivered the fatal wounds to David. Physical evidence left little doubt. During her trial, a number of psychiatrists provided their expert opinion as to whether Tammy was in a sound state of mind when she attacked and killed David Vaughan. It was the unanimous opinion of these professionals through an analysis of her medical history, coupled with her behaviour following David's death, that she wasn't of sound mind when the attack occurred. In her trial, the judge stated, I have outlined the opinions of the psychiatrists who examined the accused and who considered her medical history. Their opinions were consistent, namely that as a consequence of her mental illness, the accused was unable to understand that what she was doing was wrong and that the defense of mental illness 
is available to her. With the defense of mental illness being available to Tammy, the judge made the following ruling. Tammy Melahan, upon the charge that on the 25th of December 2008 at Gosford in the state of New South Wales, you did murder David Vaughan. I find that you are not guilty by reason of mental illness. I order that Tammy Melahan be detained in an appropriate correctional centre or such facility as the Mental Health Review Tribunal may determine until released by due process of law. Finally, I note that information concerning Mr. Vaughan received from his family was put before the court by the Crown without objection. This material showed that Mr. Vaughan had dealt bravely with the serious misfortune which life had brought him before his death. It also dealt with the impact which his death has had. This material has not gone without notice. I extend my deepest sympathy to Mr. Vaughan's family for the undoubted consequences of his tragic death. Thanks for listening. As I mentioned on the Fallon Facebook page, my usual schedule has been disrupted. But despite this disruption, Fallon will be back in 2018. So thank you for your support over the past year. To reach out or stay updated, please check out Fallon on all of your social media platforms. Just search for Fallon True Crime.